Someone messed up and gave this guy a show on Spotify. It's the Smoking Podcast. And now, your host, who we found too high to function, sitting on a cardboard couch. Raul Martinez, the Smoking Podcast. Yo, we're back with more Smoking Podcast. I had a dream I was flying the other night. Kind of crazy. Those dreams always start out the same, you know? It's like I start running. <laughs> And then I start running really fast and then start jumping over trees and then houses and then next thing you know I'm fucking flying. Woo! Those are the best dreams. Flying. Although I've never had one of those dreams in which in the dream I'm naked. I don't know. I don't know what would be worse. Having a dream you're flying and then waking up or fucking <laughs> dreaming you were naked you know when I was younger I used to sleepwalk and fucking yeah, I was a little dangerous kid to take care of my mom said uh, you were a dangerous ass little fucking kid <laughs> it was like she would hear me start counting and she was like oh shit what is he jumping off of what but my youngest son is definitely uh, giving me the payback because he's one of those kids oh man crazy kid but I love him you know I remember when I was like 12 and uh, I wanted to be a singer and my first concert was in Oakland. It was in, it was like in front of 5,000 people at like some park for like Cinco de Mayo. And I remember walking in through like the backside and I was like, oh, I'm an artist. And I was there with my manager and my producer and they were walking me in. And it was a, it was like a radio station event. And I came in through the back and I remember seeing like a crowd of people and back at the stage, you know, people running back and forth. There was like dancers from like Carnaval or something, you know, like Brazilian dancers. And um, I remember seeing the front of the crowd and there was a bunch of little kids and, you know, people there. I was like, oh. And when I walked up to the side, I realized, holy shit, there's a lot of people here. And just like that, I wanted to quit. It's like, oh no, I'm not cut out for this. And I went down, and they were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. And my manager was like, just picture everyone naked. I was like, fuck no. And then I was like, there's so many people, there's people way in the back, I can't even see their faces. He goes, okay, sing to them. Sing to the ones you can't see their faces. And so uh, they put my song on, and people actually sang along. Because my song was on the radio. Damn it. But, uh, you know, I look back at all that shit. And um, I, I always wonder uh, what it took to make it. Now, during my career in the industry, I had a chance to work with a lot of creative people. A few labels. I ran a few radio stations and cross-promoted with a bunch of stations that we owned too as well, TV stations. Did some magazine PR stuff. 
And I had a chance to meet a lot of people. People coming up, people that were new and now are superstars that have Grammys. I've been part of teams that won Grammys and Emmys and all kinds of shit. Billboard Awards, Platinum Records, all kinds of shit. I mean, it was super cool when we first got them. But I was very fortunate enough to be around a lot of creative people in which they were a fucking super team. And sometimes I felt I wasn't worthy. You know, it's like, what does it take to be successful in the entertainment industry? Yeah? I'm going to tell you something. Uh, a few years ago, I was consulting a, a major TV network and a league, an MMA league, that was starting up uh, from the creators of the UFC, but it's Spanish on a Spanish network. Very, very big one. It's also on the Paramount network now, and I think CBS Sports as well. But at the time, I was also consulting them for The Zone and ESPN. Everything from boxing to MMA. Now, I would meet a lot of young, enthusiastic fighters that would say they would do anything to get their shot. But I would quickly doubt that. And in the business, when we hear someone say, I'll do anything, it's a bad sign. Don't say that. I'm going to give you a tip. Don't say that shit. Because anything will also mean sign with someone else while I'm helping you do some professional PR work. I met a lot of fighters. Some of them that I've got a chance to work with that were assigned to, you know, major leagues. I'm not going to mention a few. Because uh, I often still consult for them. You see, when I first started in the industry, I wanted to be a singer. Oh, I would produce music, spend all my money, go work with my dad because he had uh, bakeries. And uh, on the weekends, I would spend all my hard-earned money from selling bread and spend it on studio time. $20 an hour, 40 depending on where I went. But I quickly fell in love with all the behind-the-scenes stuff, the PR, the marketing. I had a chance to talk to a lot of radio station people at a very young age. And as I grew older, a lot of those people grown to like me. And for some reason, a lot of them took a chance on me, giving me a chance. Some of those people now manage and basically do a lot of the marketing and booking for some of the biggest artists that you will see now, like Jay Balvin. Or Bad Bunny, Don't Amar, Daddy Yankee, Nicky Jam, and so on. But I never talked about that because why the fuck would people care? You know? It's not my shit. And I have some resources to make something happen. And from time to time, I still get involved with stuff and help certain artists get signed or make a connection to a label like Sony or Universal for a percentage because I have learned that the entertainment industry is an industry, it's a business. And the ones that don't treat it as a business will never be successful. Now, I'm going into a career 
especially a serious professional career, uh, most people would go to college, right? Go and study every inch of it, especially if you're going to go into like, I don't know, become a doctor or a fucking attorney in the entertainment industry. If you want to be an agent, you need to be licensed or they'll shut you the fuck down and tax you. Oh, yeah. You see, the sporting agencies, they know that. You got to have certain insurances and you have to have certain licenses to promote legitimately. During my time these past few years, I would run into a few local, small sporting agencies. And within these small sporting agencies, I run into independent fighters. A lot of them knew that I was involved somehow, somewhere in the industry. And they would ask me for help and I would tell them, hey, I'm already getting contracted and uh, I can't I can't work for you because you can't afford me. But I'm gonna do it for you for free. I'll show you how to do it. You see, a lot of them didn't know what I really did, but they knew I knew my shit. They didn't know I was a promotions director at a major radio station network. They didn't know I was a corporate consultant for national and international TV networks. They didn't know that I worked for a major, the top, most elite sporting agency in Hollywood. They had no idea. But there I was, making time for them, showing them how it's really done. You see, within those times, I showed them how to do proposals and sponsorship packages. Because in the end, you need to know how to work the business in order to make money. Because real athletes get endorsements like Nike or Gatorade or Pepsi or so on. And they knew I worked with all of them, somehow, in some shape or form. The agency I worked with was CAA. It's called Creative Arts Agency. And I did a lot of the experiential stuff on the branding side. And I had a chance to work with a lot of, a lot of big brands like Pepsi and Dr. Pepper and AT&T and the NFL, NBA. Now they didn't know to what extent. And sometimes I would play stupid and just say, yeah, you can do it just to see what they would say. But see, after doing it for so long, 20 plus years, um, you tend to learn how to weed out the ones that really, really want it and the ones that think they want it and don't know they don't really want it. Now, how do we determine if you really want it Going back to studying for a career. Say you go to college, right? You want to go into the sporting agency. Say, yeah, I want to go into marketing and I want to be a physical therapist for sporting and go work for the Oakland A's or the Giants or Golden State Warriors or the Dallas Cowboys or the Vegas Raiders. They would know who are the key players. Right? You see, when I was in high school, 
I so badly wanted to go into the movie industry. Oh man, it was crazy. Hold on, let me light this joint. Okay, where was I? Oh yeah, I so badly wanted to be in the entertainment industry and in the movie industry. So what did I do? At the time, my parents split up and uh, I was born and raised in San Francisco and part of my family took off to Stockton, California and the other took off near Fresno, staying within California. And um, so I went over with my dad and spent most of my high school years in the Fresno, California area. There's a first time I've ever seen a cow was there. <laughs> Bunch of fields. You know? Anyways. While I was in high school, I took drama and theater. I learned how to write scripts. I directed plays. I was in plays. I learned how to do staging and lighting. You know? I connected with other script writers and other actors and did after school programs for improv for four years. Then I would study. I would study movies like No Tomorrow. I would pick all the movies I wanted out of a blockbuster in Hollywood video. And the ones I liked with all the big action stars or the comedy ones that I loved. And I would go watch it, see these actors act, see how they, you know, delivered their lines and then I would wait till the end of the movie and write down the credits who did the casting who was the director because it says all that and I would study then I would google them find out oh this is an agent they also have this actor and this actor and this actor because I keep seeing their name pop up then I would find out that they were the agent to that actor and then I realized, wow, I need to have an agent to cast for some of these movies. One day I had an opportunity because I wanted it so much. I had a chance to come across some of my buddies that made films and a spot opened up for a movie they were filming. And I said, sure, I'm a good actor. They were so desperate, they were like, yo, bro, can you act? Oh man, I have all the uh, actors here and this guy didn't show up and I really need somebody. I said, yeah, for sure. I'll do it. Inside, I was dying because I really, really wanted it. So within five minutes, I learned my lines because, hey, I had four years of improv. Four years of real theater acting. And I just wang it, you know? I said, all right know my lines this is what I have to say the whole point is this guy walks in I have to say something like this and then he'll say this and the whole point is for us to get up and walk out that door okay they said action I did my lines and they said holy fuck you can act say yes I can and there came my movie acting career that simple but I knew all the key players. Those movies were distributed in all the blockbuster and Hollywood video stores. They got into Netflix, pay-per-view, all kinds of shit. Now, my movies are on Amazon Prime. They're on uh, 
Tubi, Google Play, all kinds of shit. But we knew our shit. I'm going back to some of these athletes that said they really wanted it. I said, man, how bad do you want it? Oh, man, I want it. I want it so bad, bro. I could feel it. And then they would brag about the things they would do. And I would say, okay, cool. And I would help the ones that really needed it. Most of them were the ones that were getting jacked. Getting, getting paid money for fighting at local casinos. And then getting jacked by the corner men and uh, whoever. Uh, coach and their agent that they signed up for. Most of them will walk away with little sponsorship cookies or pies or drinks because the money they just made, they gave it away to the cornermen, cutmen, coach, so on. But they did it because they loved the sport. You know, it pushed them, tested them. I said, oh, you can make a lot of money. Started getting them booked in national TV shows. I showed them how to do it you know but I knew they didn't want it so bad because I said hey I used to work for CAA do you know who CAA is they said nope immediately I said oh you don't want it but I didn't tell them that I was like uh <sighs> sure uh um yeah it's okay. I mean, you're a local fighter and you have dreams of being on UFC or Bellator or top rank. Now, I mentioned it and I waited a month and I said, hey, do you know what CAA is? And they said, nope. Uh, I only helped them out for a few months. You see, it's similar to saying I want to be a singer and not know what Universal Music Group is. Which I've had a chance to work with too as well. It's ridiculous in the business to say you really want it but not know who the key players are and how to do it. Because at one point when you have these opportunities to do syndicated fight shows sold out championship shows like the ones that we would see on pay-per-view and everyone would watch when you're a fighter or an athlete at a point you're gonna have to look for an agency the best ones get signed to CAA you don't call them they call you you see I had a chance to really look at them and I laugh because it's not their fault they don't know any better but out of respect to their sacrifice I showed them how to make some real money one kid said yeah all I did was uh, get paid cookies I go really how much he goes cookies what what do you mean he says yeah you see I booked this fight at the casino and they paid me $1,500. By the end of the fight, once I won, and I took the belt, um, I had to pay off everybody. And I literally walked out with a bag of cookies. This uh, sponsors that they gave them, some natural cookies. 
for, uh, you know, vitamins and so on. And that's what I walked away with. I said, oh. And then I asked them, what do you want out of this? What do you really want? Now, I expected him to say, oh, I wanted to be on UFC. Oh, I want to be on a pay-per-view thing. I want to be on a poster or I want to I wanna see my name on a billboard. Nope, that's not what he said. You know what he said? He said, I want to buy my dad a truck. My dad works in construction. He works really, really hard. And one day I want to buy him that truck. Brand new one, really nice one. Oh yeah, what kind? The F-150. Ooh, nice one. You see, I was trained by a lot of good salespeople and a lot of good branding people who would make millions of dollars out of campaigns for a lot of brands. So I knew a way for him to make money. I said, hey, do you get sponsors? He goes, yeah, man, they all asked me uh, to put it on paper, but uh, I don't know what to write. I said, oh, I'm going to help you make your sponsorship package. And I wrote it for him. I made it for him. I gave him all the analytics. I booked him on a national TV show. I used the fact that he was going to be on a syndicated national TV show for DAZN and ESPN and Univision. And I broke down some numbers and ratings. And I gave him everything he needed. He got an attorney, a doctor, all kinds of sponsors. I think they only paid the kid like 3500 to fight, which was cool. But he made more money on his sponsorships than he ever made fighting. He made close to $11,000 just on sponsors. That was money for him. And I showed him how you can capitalize on the fact that you have something under your belt. Like you're going to be fighting on a, on a national TV show. And uh, once he fought and won, he went in there with nothing to lose. He said, I already, I already won. Because I already made $11,000 before I walked into the cage. And I bought my dad that truck. I booked him three times on that show. Second time he made close to $12,000 just on a fight that's not even what the league paid him that was just him just hustling because he had a good mouthpiece but at a point when they start seeing things like that they start to believe shit I can do this on my own I don't need you I don't see these fighters do anything anymore because they don't really want it you see, in the industry, you don't do that to people that really work in the industry. Because you get blackballed. Unfortunately for them, I never blackballed them, but, you know, they made some pretty dumb moves. And kind of badmouths the wrong people. And I try to back them up as much as I can until I realized that they were really amateurs and they didn't know what they were talking about. So I left them alone. Sometimes you need to walk away from things like that. From people that will drag you down. And the minute that I started doing that, I started having more success in my career. 
I followed on the concept of less is more. You know? Because I was doing all kinds of shit. I was trying to film a movie, record two albums, and then manage fighters. And then consult national broadcasting companies. No. Fuck that. Less is more. Focus on the things that will really make you money in the time. I wasn't taking no cuts and no percentages from these guys. I just wanted them to be successful and learn a little. I will never help those guys again. But I focused on things. And that's not because of what they did. It's just that I basically fell on the rule of less is more. You see? Yes, we're enthusiastic because we're creatives, especially people that like to do things on their own. And uh, have a lot of faith in themselves. There's nothing wrong with that. My goal was only to teach them a little things and then walk away. Let them make those decisions. That's exactly what they did. Good for them. But I focused more on the things that benefited me more. Because if I can't take care of myself, I can't take care of you. Within that time, I focused on the things that only made more sense to me. Like music. It's where I started. And uh, help sign a few artists and help manage and promote a few. Write a few songs. You know, I was a member of the Grammys. We had a few platinum records and so on. Ran a few labels. So I fell on what I knew. Especially during coronavirus because all we could do is stream. So it was only logical for me to go back into the music industry. So I did. And ever since then I've had more success than anything I've ever done. See? What's the whole point here? Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because anything is possible. For those that have a hope in themselves and beliefs that they can do something too, I say you can. But the only way you will ever be successful is if you want it with all of your heart and beyond and against all odds. Even when people tell you no, you can't do it. You see, during high school, my older brother Daniel and Junior would often make fun of me, especially when I was watching credits of movies, and laugh and cap on me, just like older brothers would do. I would often fight with them. And I was like, look at this crazy dude. He believes he's going to be in a movie. And they would laugh at me. However, I turned it into motivation. I let it fuel me. And then once we released the movie, there was a news article that announced the name of the movie and who I was and what I was doing. Then quickly, they seen me on the Source magazine and Double XL magazine. They realized, holy shit, Raul's a fucking actor. They turned out to be the most biggest supporters I've ever had. And as I got older, uh, I've learned to get along with them, you know? But that just comes to show that 
the best way you can fuel that desire is by using everything you have to be successful. Later on, when I was uh, working in branding with CAA, we had a few chances to work with companies like PepsiCo, like Super Bowl and the Latin Grammys and Billboard Awards and all kinds of shit, Game of Thrones and AT&T and launched the Pepsi Challenge on a national level. You know, dealing with sales and numbers and branding and you know, PR stunts and all kinds of weird shit. Sporting events, you know, concerts. And um, uh, for some weird reason, uh, I believe in karma and I believe in uh, positive and negative energy. And I believe that the universe will make something happen. Call it the universe, call it Mother Nature, call it God, call it whatever you want to call it. I believe that it's going to bring it to you in one shape or form. And if you're smart enough to catch it, you'll catch it. During this time, I was hanging out with uh, some of my neighbors. At the time, I was living in Sacramento. And I had a neighbor that was was obsessed with tea, iced tea. And he would come and bring me all kinds of fun facts. And bring me and let me taste all kinds of iced teas. Oh, I ordered this online. Uh, he would show me ones that were made in little gallons and locally brewed iced tea. And then he would take me out, and take me to local bars, and take out, you know, uh, check out the local breweries there that made beers and crazy spiked iced tea. And started giving me all kinds of weird fun facts, and I grown to like it. It was funny. But I learned it. I even took a trip to Colorado to check out where they made that sleepy time tea. Oh yeah. It was a hobby. One day, out of nowhere, PepsiCo said, Hey, we want you to uh and I had I didn't tell them anything about that whole tea thing. But they came to me and they said, Hey, we're getting ready to launch a new uh brand, a new flavor for uh, Lipton tea. Do you know anything about tea? I said, why surely I do. He said, all right, come up with a proposal. If you have the best pitch, you'll get the job. And I got the fucking contract. Can you believe that? Made tons of money. Created a bunch of jobs for my friends and so on. We had fun, you know? Out of something that, that was fun to us, it was something that I used. Um, that I knew. And that's how funny things are when it comes to your chance and your opportunity. Now let me show you something. I'm gonna tell you, gonna tell you, but I need you to pay attention. I'm gonna leave you guys with a quote and for some reason, the universe brought you here today, maybe for a little message. I'm gonna end it with a quote by Sir Colin Rex Davis. Who the fuck is that guy? No, it's not my deal. He's an English conductor known for his association with the London Symphony Orchestra.
orchestra. Oh shit, he did music. Alright. He said, the road to success and the road to failure is almost exactly the same. Oh shit. Kinda crazy, huh? Don't go nowhere. We'll be back with more smoking podcasts with Raul Martinez.